The rhythms bound from tree to tree like leaping animals. Drums. Drums in the wood. Darkness shed by the cloud rack of Mordor gives the already eerie forest the feel of a haunted wood. Not unlike Mirkwood or the hated and dangerous thickets around Wistmead. Carefully leaving the relative protection of the warstead of the Rohirrim, and trekking deeper in, I find a strange, otherworldly lamp, and I begin to understand why the men of Rohan call this place haunted. And by the time I find the old quarry, rife with nameless things, I am a true believer. It's the Druidan Forest, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. My fear is tempered, temporarily, because these nameless things aren't nameless after all. Evidently in these parts they are known as Degun, a local word meaning... something? It seems this quarry was used to dredge up stone from the White Mountains, presumably to construct Minas Tirith and other such Gondorian structures in the past. I would also presume that it was those darn Numenorians who came to Middle-earth to carve out kingdoms of their own, especially after the fall of their island home. The men of Westerness will pop up a few more times in this journey through Tar Druidan, so more on that later. The Dagoon are just the first of a number of connections we can find here, but they are tangents that lead to dead ends and more questions. For I have mentioned how the nameless things seem to pop up all over, first in the basement of Moria, now again here, then again in Minas Morgul, and even all the way to the mysterious east. So it is not totally shocking to find these things here in the quarry in the White Mountains where clearly the Gondorians delved too deeply and too greedily. But I'm not sure there's much to find here, more than a convenient bit of world building and a few bad guys to smash. The more interesting bit comes further down the path, deeper into the mysterious wood, for standing like sentries that way are not more nameless things but short creatures, painted white and bearing spears. These are not goblins or whites, but men. They are the Druidine. As an aside, the Druidine are, like all good creations of Middle-earth, known by many names, but my absolute favorite is the Wozes. This is a Rohiric word, fittingly adapted by the professor from the Old English. It's just an odd and pleasing sounding word. Wozes. It's like you're mispronouncing it, but you're not. Turns out the old man knew a thing or two about what makes a word sound good. Anyway. Unlike the Dagoon, my previous encounter, these Wozes do not leap at the chance to attack me and run me screaming from their wooded home. Like most good Middle-Earthians, they welcome me in, albeit with trepidation, and ask for help so I can earn some trust. Their village is spectacular, positively embedded in the forest itself. Purple-hued lanterns illuminate rough paths, leading to fallen logs that serve as bridges. Huts are constructed here and there, along the forest floor or atop trees or in the side of the white mountains, those crags the forest seems to huddle around like children round a fire. Interspersed between the huts and the lanterns and living wood itself are a stunted people. They are not hobbits or dwarves or orcs, but men, and Edine or Elfrens at that. They dance or chat merrily, they fish and hunt fowl, they live a life that seems in tandem with the earth beneath their feet. They speak the common tongue, but keep strange names like 
Okweni Dur and Gonburi Gon. But their ways and means, their troubles and joys, are that of all free folk. They celebrate life and mourn death. They are forced to defend themselves from an unkind world and tend to the home they have found. The village of Drew Buta is marvelous, wholly unique but elementally similar to the steadings of hobbits. These are not mannish buildings constructed in a posture of conquest over the land, nor are they elvish with that ethereal feeling of somehow being over and above the land, nor yet the dwarves who furtively dig beneath the land. No, the huts and tents of Wozes seem far more hobbity, built not in clean symbiosis with the natural world, but into it somehow, like a mushroom budding off the side of a shattered log. It makes for strong disparity when my journey through the wood gives me a clear sight of the Gondorian beacon tower of Nardal. Its stone belfry burns with urgency, and we were reminded that, indeed, there is a war on. A war the Wozes did not ask to be a part of, but one in which they have a part to play. For the Wozes are one of the many bystanding victims of the great tales of Middle-earth. I said that while they resemble dwarves or wide-set hobbits, they are still men and elf friends at that. They have existed since men awoke with the rising of the sun, and have been bullied by the currents of history ever since. In our modern age of black-and-white forensic thinking, we would like to have the Wozes fit snugly in a category, to be able to say that they are wholly this or that. But like those other bystanders, such as petty dwarves or ents or giants or maybe even hobbits, they are content to float about in the eddies of the great events of Numenorians and Wizards and Noldor, never making their own place when the big players of Middle-earth slowly shoulder them aside. The Wozes are men, even if they are stocky and somewhat primitive. Because of their gruff squat bearing, they have been oppressed from the outset to the point that, here in the Third Age, they are imagined to be something like ghosts or orcs by the Rohirrim. That quality of goodness never left them, however, even if it was stuffed into the confines of Tower Druidine. So, with a little aid from us, the players, they will in kind aid the Rohirrim, who will in turn save the day for Gondor. If a man asks for help, you help them. But all this talk of forests and mysteries got me thinking about a line from an elvish poem. In one of their hymns to Elbereth, the fair folk describe life here as Galathrinem Enorath, the tree-tangled Middle-earth. Tolkien was a well-known tree lover and literal tree hugger, but the relationship of arboreal friends is more complicated than unfettered care. For trees, as the elves describe, ensorcel and mask higher and truer beauty. Tom Shippey says this as a reflection on Tolkien's feelings about we humans here in the primary world. To quote, We are oblivious of the stars, tangled in the wood of error, lost in the closed dungeon of the numerous boughs. Though the elves too recognize the danger of tree-tangled Middle-earth, part of what makes the tangle is love, love for the tangling trees themselves. End quote. Forests are powerful symbols and metaphors. They are gorgeous and enchanting, beautiful and in their own right worthy of inspection and admiration. But at the same time, they are a snare, a maze in which one may become lost, both literally and philosophically. In Middle-earth, the elves felt this most acutely, for they understood far better than other folk the beauty and import of the stars of Elbereth and the other gods. But they were consistently drawn in by woods and 
by extension the troubles of that land. And all this talk of woeses and their place in the sweeping tales of Middle-earth is the same. It's easy to become caught up in the great matters, both those internal to the story and external to it, things like drafts and categories and so-called author's purpose. But back in Middle-earth, with the final few trees of the Druidine forest passing me by, I have to stop and wonder if that is beside the point. Undoubtedly, sorting or appreciating the tangle is worthy work, but it all points to something else, something probably greater. And we have to think that those bystanders who exist outside the great tales, like the Wozes, have the right idea. Gaffer Gamgee famously said, Don't go getting mixed up in the business of your betters, or you'll land in trouble too big for you. Gonbury Gon of the Wozes said something similar to Theoden. You will kill Gorgun and drive away bad dark with bright iron, and wild men can go back to sleep in the wild woods. The Wozes are not concerned about the affairs of wizards or dragons or whatnot. They just want the orcs gone so they can go home and have a good sleep. Doesn't sound half bad. Thank you for listening to Beneath Your Feet. For more information on the show, please visit anchor.fm slash L-O-T-R-O-B-Y-F. Any support, a review, a share, a donation is all very much appreciated. Beneath Your Feet is also available on YouTube. Search for Locho Beneath Your Feet to listen to past episodes and watch current live streams. You can also join me each month for the Beneath Your Feet live stream on twitch.tv slash stream. With each show, we dive deep into a particular region of the Lord of the Rings online, hunt for Easter eggs, and talk lore for the upcoming podcast episode. Today's music comes from the Lord of the Rings online soundtrack. This episode was written and read by me. My name is Shoreless, and we'll see you next time when we go Beneath Your Feet.